Hello and welcome to Essential Alchemy. Alchemy is defined as the power or process that changes or transforms something in a mysterious or impressive way. My hope is that the information in this podcast can help you transform your mood, your energy, physical health, or even connect some dots to help you shift your mental or emotional state. I'm your host, Jody Cohen, a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, functional practitioner, lifelong learner, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, a company that sells proprietary blends of high-quality organic or wild-crafted essential oil remedies designed to help you return to your ideal mental, physical, and emotional state. You can find out more about me and my company at VibrantBlueOils.com. And with that, let's get started with today's episode. Hi, I'm Jody Cohn, your host, and I'm so excited to welcome one of my dear friends for almost um, 25 years and the author of Ritual Roadmap. And I'm going to read your bio from the book. Erica Keswin is a best-selling author, internationally sought-after speaker, and founder of The Spaghetti Project, which we will talk about, a roving ritual devoted to sharing the science and stories of relationships at work. She helps top-of-the-class businesses, organizations, and individuals improve their performance by honoring relationships in every context, always with an eye toward high-tech for human touch. And she's an awesome person. I I highly recommend the book. It's really a great roadmap for, um, you know, kind of navigating tough times. So welcome, Erica. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I want to start off by asking you how you define uh, resilience. You know, when I when I think about resilience, you know, with all in all different areas of your life, whether it's work, whether it's home, right now work and home are the same thing. Um, you know, it's how well we can adapt in the face of adversity. And I see that with myself. I see it with having three teenagers. Um, And so I'm sure there's many definitions, more complicated definitions, but I think if I were to boil it down, I mean, that's, that's what it means to me. Yeah. And you're a great pivoter. And, and I want to ask, you know, the difference in your mind between uh, ritual and routine. Yeah. So I get that a lot. What's a ritual? What's a habit? What's a protocol? And so here's my definition of ritual. Um, There's three parts to it. The first is a ritual is something to which we assign a certain amount of meaning or intention. The second part is that a ritual is something that happens with some kind of repetition or regular cadence. You know, every morning, once a week, once a month, once a year, just some kind of regular cadence. And the third part, I'm so curious to get your take on it as well. The third part is that a ritual is something that goes beyond its practical purpose. And so, you know, what do I mean by that? If I'm sitting in my office right now in New York City and I, and the lights go out and I can't see anything and I light a candle, you know, that's not a ritual. But if I light a candle every day around six o'clock to signify the end of the work day and the beginning of my time at home, you know, with my husband, my kids, my dog, um, that's a ritual. There's meaning and intention and there's some repetition, but I'm not lighting that candle at six o'clock every day to be able to see. Yeah. And so those are sort of the three working parts of my, my definition. And a ritual, I guess, lastly, is you'd feel like something was really missing if it went away. 
Yeah. And I feel like we need rituals in our lives. Like, you, you know, you think about the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you have family rituals. It kind of, it's something to look forward to. Well, yes. And the science shows it gives us, I, in the book, I talk about something called the three P's of rituals. You know, what is the return on investment, the ROI at rituals, both personally, but also at work. And the three P's are, you know, rituals give us a sense of psychological safety. So that that's the first P, a real sense of connection and belonging. It could be to others or it could be that connection to ourself. The second P is an opportunity to connect to purpose and values. And you add those two together and you get a boost of performance, which is the third P and plenty of studies on performance at work. I'd say, you know, we're talking more about the individual right now. And, you know, the, the performance for us as individuals is that when we feel more connected to others, to ourselves, um, we get that burst of oxytocin, that feel good hormone goes up, our stress, our cortisol goes down. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, as I was thinking about and preparing for this today, I think that's a big part of why it does help with, with resilience. Yeah. And as I was sharing before we got on camera, um, when Max died, it was so overwhelming. And a mutual friend told me, you just need to eat, sleep and move. And they, they started off as, you know, almost like tasks, but they became rituals, like planning what I was going to eat, you know, how I was going to move. And it, it really gave me some uh, something to look forward to, a sense of purpose. And I, I'm curious, I know you've supported so many people through COVID. And I'm wondering, what are some of the rituals that people have been leaning into and finding helpful? So it differs for everyone. Um, and one of the reasons why I called the book Rituals Roadmap is that the goal is to figure out, you know, you know, eat, sleep, and move. You know, that was your roadmap. It probably still is, right? A piece of that. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be different for everyone. And, and so on an individual basis, people should map out. And first ask yourself this question around, you know, does your calendar reflect your values and what's really important to you? Because out of that sort of analysis or, or you know, thinking through the answer to that question brings you to opportunities for rituals. So it could be rituals in the morning when you wake up. A lot of people have bedtime rituals, the transition ritual that I just talked about. Many people these days have commuting rituals, fake commuting rituals, because they're not going anywhere, but they literally go for a walk outside for 30 minutes, which is the exact amount of time that it took them on the subway to get to work. And they don't miss the traffic, but they miss that 30 minutes of listening to a podcast or having that that shifting time and, you know, if you have young kids pulling off the Cheerios and getting into, you know, out of the mommy mode and into the, into the work mode, I'd say one of the most important rituals right now for, for people are rituals around taking breaks because we, we can't sit in front of these computers all day long. It's not good for our back. As I say that, I'm like fixing my posture. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, you know, it's just not, it's not good. They say it's even worse than secondhand smoke in many ways sitting all day. So we need to get moving, but oftentimes the whole day goes by and we haven't moved. So a woman from Facebook shared recently a ritual that she calls 20 by 20 by 20. Every 20 minutes, she takes a 20 second break, 20 feet from her computer. Oh, that's funny. 
That's really clever. And I know so much before you wrote Ritual Roadmap, you wrote like take your human to work and you yep. wrote a lot about connection and how water cooler conversation spurs connection and the spaghetti project. And I know this is something you're an expert in. Can you talk a little bit about connection rituals in COVID when, you know, connection has really um, changed? Yeah. You know, it goes back to, this is so cheesy, but, um, and also is the, happens to be the name of my podcast, which is Left to Our Own Devices. And Left to Our Own Devices, we're not connecting, even during COVID. You know, all of a sudden I wasn't traveling on planes and speaking at conferences, yet the whole day could go by and I didn't feel like I really had done anything to feel connected to others, you know, and to myself. And so I think the key word that really jumps out is intentional. We have got to be intentional or it's it in at least for myself, speaking for myself, it's not going to happen. And so I link this question to to what I said earlier, which is ask answering does your calendar reflect your values? And one a personal example I can share is you know, if you and I were having this conversation a year and a few months ago and we were talking about connection rituals, I would say that, you know, I'm always sort of struggling with finding the time to sit down you know, to have a family dinner um, that, the, you know, kids have sports and they, you know, as they get older, you know, our kids are similar age, they're late, practices are late and you're never really doing it. Well, you're, you're not as desirable as their friends. Well, correct. And you're, you're <laughs> certainly not as, as I would never even try to compete. Um, yet family, you know, it is important to have it sometimes, yeah. but I always felt like I was chasing everybody. Now, fast forward, I have more family meals, you know, coming out you know, of my ears and my kids are like, can you please go out to dinner? You know, please, we're all sick of each other. So about six months ago, when I was sort of thinking about rituals and connections and what I was missing during this time was my girlfriends. You know, my husband was there and I, you know, we were, I could go for walks. I could see some people locally, but I really, I have friends that live all over the country and was really missing that. Um, you know, you've known me forever, right? I'm the one that plans the girls' trips and, you know, fun. You do. You're, you're a great travel planner. Right. And, and, no, and there was nowhere to go. So yeah. what I did was reach out to a really close friend who lives in Colorado, and we created a new ritual around connection that once a week, she goes for a walk, I go for a walk, we are not on Zoom, we, are, we have our earbuds in, and, and we walk. So you get your steps in. You get, you get that burst of oxytocin and connecting with a good friend. And so it's really looking at, you know, what's missing. And it could be what's missing is that, that time to connect with yourself, right? Around morning meditation or, you know, gratitude, you know, fi figuring out those gaps, or maybe it's with your, with a kid, or maybe it's with a friend and being intentional and, and really just making the time. Yeah, I love that. You know, that was actually one of the things uh, right before my business took off, I started scheduling me time on the calendar, like blocking it in if I was going to a yoga class or if I was going to go on a hike. And it made a huge difference because I think when you schedule it, you prioritize it and it suddenly you, you can't cancel it or blow it off as easily. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, you, you said earlier, we were talking about the eat, sleep and move you know, it became a ritual and it goes back to that definition where there's meaning and intention around it. That I think the minute you start like, okay, I'm, my alarm goes off, I have to do it. I don't know if that's really a ritual. It's more like it's the, I would, most times a ritual is something where you feel pulled to do it. You feel like there's a real 
gap if, and look, we all have days where we don't do certain things, but you miss it and you're like, okay, you know what? I know I don't have time, but I am going to meditate tomorrow, or I am going to write down three things that I'm, I'm grateful for. So hopefully it becomes more of that pull with the idea of there being real meaning and intention around it. Yeah, it, it's kind of, I mean, you, you mentioned habit. It's like a happy habit, like a habit you look forward to because you've ascribed meaning to it. So we kind of talked about like putting it on um, the calendar and then what, what else do you do? You know, like the, the talk with your friend, it's, it's consistent, it's rich, ritual. What, what are some other things for people that are like, oh, this is a good idea. I like the idea of getting up and moving, getting up and walking. How else can people kind of elevate, you, you know, like COVID, it's almost like every day blends together. You don't, you're not going anywhere. You're not leaving the house, you know, for reasons you maybe start looking forward to your doctor's appointments because you get to get outside, you know, how can people shake this up a bit? Yeah. So it, it really is different for everyone. And sometimes I would start with some things that you're already doing. So let's say somebody shared with me recently that one of their rituals is, you know, when they take their dog out in the morning and they take a few deep breaths and they, you know, feel the sun and the, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe not where you are always in Seattle, but, you know, either the cold air and the rain or the sun on, you know, getting the vitamin D in their, in their skin. And it's, it's the word you use, which I love, like it is that elevation um, and it, it's that, it's that shift in, in mindset. So think about what you're already doing. Like, are you going to the gym? Like what, what goes back to the values? Like what's important yeah. to you and kind of map out your day and say, okay, are there pieces within what I'm already doing? It's almost like an acknowledgement. Wow. I'm doing that. And is it a ritual? Does it fit that definition and, and, and celebrate it? And if you're not, and you're more of a morning person, I would try out some, you know, morning rituals. If you're more of a night person and you want some things to help you go to bed, but if it doesn't stick, like don't stress about it. Um, you can't force feed it and you could try it. And if it doesn't work, you know, I'd say move on and, and try something else, you know, in ex a personal example I can share and, you know, it's, I write about it in both of the books. I'm a big Starbucks girl. And Starbucks. <laughs> we have that in common. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, there you go. Um, and it, the example that I'll share that really almost talks about that elevation where I was something that I was doing went from being more of a, a routine or a habit to a ritual. So I'd always go to Starbucks and actually bring your human to work. My first book, the title came from, um, was inspired by Ashley Peterson, who's my longtime Starbucks barista on 80th uh, and Broadway in the Upper West Side where Jody and I both used to live. Yeah. And, um, but I would go to Starbucks, I would sit in the store, which I can't wait to do again. And I would have my to-do list and I would be like cranking through it and feeling like a million bucks, drink my coffee. Fine, good. Except one day I realized that I hadn't tasted it. Like it was gone. And I was bummed. One, because I really look forward to that first couple sips of coffee. And yeah. Not an all day coffee drinker. Number one. Number two, Starbucks is not cheap. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I finished it and I didn't even taste it. Yeah. So in that moment, I, with a, with a real awareness, shifted what was more of a routine to more of a ritual, something else, which became about much, much more than the caffeine. And so now when I go in there, 
Um, I get the same coffee, you know, grande extra hot soy latte, sometimes with an extra shot. I hold the cup on my hands and feel the heat. You know, rituals are often very connected with our senses. Yes. Um, take a few deep breaths, smell it and taste it and, and, you know, get on with my day. And, you know, rituals, they don't, it doesn't have to take very long for you to get some of the benefits of a ritual like that. You're basically talking about shifting out of autopilot, which is funny. I did the same yeah. thing with my coffee. I used to like pour the coffee and just start working. And now I go and, and sit and it's almost like I very um, intentionally try to plan my day and figure out like, what are the most important things? If I get these three things done today, it'll feel like a success. Yep. Because sometimes when you have a, a 20 page to-do list, you know, you never, never move forward. Yeah, no, it is. It's sort of the front of the brain, the back of the brain. Yeah. Um, a lot of habits are sort of rote and you want them to be like going, getting your steps or certain, you know, people focus on weight loss habits or drinking water, which I never do enough of, but a lot of that's back of the brain. And we're saying, let's move it to the front of the brain and saying, yes, I want to, I enjoy getting coffee, but I'm really going to think about and take that time for me in that moment. And well, the other it's it when it's gone. Yeah, the other thing that you focus on, you're, you're very big on productivity. And one of the things I'm curious about, I think that people, you know, to your point about drinking the coffee, you were focused on efficiency, but I wonder if you pivot and kind of prioritize the coffee, if everything still gets done and maybe more gets done because you're not as anxious. Um, we, yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, to your point, like the oxytocin and the cortisol yeah. and, it, and it's rituals, rituals ground us. And they, um, they give us some order out of chaos. Yes. And so, you know, and one of the things that happened to me during the pandemic, every Tuesday for the last bunch of years, um, my good friend, um, Karen and I would do Pilates um, at 8 a.m. And then we couldn't do it anymore in person. Our teachers started doing it remote, which was great. So, but we could have done it anytime because we weren't traveling. We were basically home, but and I didn't know this at the time, and I began to read more into the science of it, but we, there was a real benefit psychologically to keeping it at Tuesday at eight, like we had always done. And there was this sense, it goes back to the three Ps. It, it goes back to that sense of psychological safety um, and, and belonging. Can you share more about that research? That's really interesting. Cause that's, a, I mean, the world for some people can feel very unsafe right now and very uncertain. And so the more you can invoke ritual and create your own safety, yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah, there's a whole chapter in the book. So interestingly, I finished the manuscript for this book. I mean, and you know how long this takes. You can write, you just wrote a book, uh, you know, well before I had ever heard of COVID. And I finished the manuscript and handed in the first draft on May 30th. I'm thinking, oh my, we're all quarantining. It was the days of scrubbing down the groceries, having no <laughs> idea what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, one silver lining was that I had some time before the final was due. And I was able to go back and reach back out to many of the leaders in the book to talk to them about their rituals, how they were adapting them for these crazy times and the impact that it was having. And um, I was able to add a whole extra chapter called Rituals in Turbulent Times. And it's all about how they ground us and how it, it 
connects people back and you know both in terms of if people are thinking about this in terms of where they work but also at home to their own values to their family values to their company values and um you know rituals what i love about rituals is that they're highly highly accessible and they don't have to cost anything i mean it really comes down to intention which is something we can all do if we put our mind to it yeah, I hope that every listener, like, you know, as they're they're probably watch, sipping this, uh, sipping coffee while they watch, that they can kind of pause and savor and just encourage everyone to pick one. I mean, you mentioned movement, you mentioned social connection, you mentioned food. Is there anything else that, that comes to mind that feels relevant to share? Um, to share about the, the, the benefits just, of rituals or? Just ideas for listeners, you know, if they're like, oh, I can do that. I, I can walk I would talk. say, look, a lot of people talk to me about, you know, starting or ending the day with, you know, writing down a couple of things that they're grateful for. I love that. Um, and there's a lot of data that um, shows the correlation between well-being and gratitude. So I would say it's a pretty great place to start. Well, I am very grateful for you and for your brilliance and for this book. It's really good. And I like the graphics actually. Did you Thank design you. those or have input on um, them? No, I am not artistic really at all, but I did find someone to take the vision and bring it bring it to life and, and, and make it fun. And can you share more if, if people wanna continue their journey with you, how do they find you? What else can they, um, you know, in addition to your books, yeah, sure. So it's on my website, which is just my name, um, ericakeswin.com, E-R-I-C-A-K-E-S-W-Y-N.com. And there's information about both books, about the podcast, about how different organizations work with me from keynotes to strategy sessions where I go in and help them apply the principles in the books to their organizations and also some um, in in person hopefully someday as well as online uh, courses based on the books yeah that's great well thank you for your time and for th these are really great strategies and i love the idea of rituals as a safety cue and and just helping people organize their calendar differently think about what they do every day and how they can kind of enhance the meaning yeah. Well, thank you. So good to see you. I can't wait to see you in person one of these days. Thank you for listening. I hope this podcast empowered you with some useful information and takeaways. If you like this episode, please consider sharing a positive review and consider subscribing. I would also love to offer you my free parasympathetic toolkit as a gift just for listening. It will teach you how to activate the most important nerve in your body to turn on your ability to heal. This freak toolkit includes a checklist, a video, and a detailed guide. If this podcast prompted any questions, you can always find answers on my blog at Vibrant Blue Oils or in my book, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Until next time. Wishing you vibrant health.